Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Kurita, your host, and I'm coordinating Faith FM here in South Australia. Happy to be with you today. If you like to make a comment or um, uh, have some questions, uh, you can uh, text us uh, on zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. You can send us also an email if you like. Info at faithfm.com.au or visit our website, faithfm.com.au. Our theme for this week is a very important one because we are opening the Bible. Is the Bible relevant in the third millennium? And we dealt with some questions already. Does the Bible matter? Can we believe the Bible? How did we get the Bible? Can the Bible be trusted? What does archaeology say about the Bible? Can the Bible be trusted what Jesus say about the Bible? And that was just the other day, um, talking about uh, that. And uh, we are going today to hear a little bit more if uh, we can trust the Bible and Is the Bible relevant in the early third millennium? It's really good to have uh, David Lima from Family Voice Australia back with us in uh, 2021. And David, um, how was your holiday? It was very peaceful indeed. I'm refreshed and I'm looking forward to another year of ministry. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Hey, David, um, we're going straight into into the subject and... Uh, I want to ask you a question just right at the beginning because we are going to talk uh, today about is the Bible relevant in the mm. third millennium? Yes. And David, we looked at some of uh, aspects, you know, during the week. Does the Bible matter? Mm. How did we get the Bible? Yes. Can we trust the Bible? What archaeology says about Bible? Also, if we can trust the Bible, what did Jesus say about the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we are going to look uh, today a little bit more into the this aspect of is the Bible still relevant in mm-hmm. the early third millennium? Yes, yes. A question which I would like to ask you, David. Family Voice Australia, it's a Christian uh, ministry. Yes. But would you call your ministry a Bible-based work? Yes, absolutely. Although we also recognize the value of evidence from psychology, history, and politics and psychology and everything else, because all of this is also God's truth. But the two work together, because science never contradicts the Bible, mm. uh, nor vice versa. So, yes, we are absolutely a Bible-based work. But, you know, the Bible is there, as you've intimated already, to speak about Jesus. And so the letters of Paul and the four Gospels especially, they give us details about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And one of the Gospels, which is Luke's Gospel, and this goes to your question about reliability, begins as follows. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who, from the first, were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Mm. 
Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. So that's from Luke chapter 1. And Luke was a very, very careful writer. He loved to give us details. Yes. He mentions a couple of centurions, both in the Gospel of Luke and in, in the book of Acts, which is the second part of his history of Christian origins. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't just mention the centurions. He gives name, rank, and regiment. It's really quite delightful. Yes. He's very keen to get the detail. So the Holy Spirit, of course, was involved in giving us those writings And so in that sense, we're not so much a Bible-based organization as a Christ-centered organization because the Bible itself is only a tool when you think about it. Mm. It is there to help us to understand Christ and his ways. And we don't read the Bible for the sake of reading the Bible. We read the Bible so that we can live lives which are honoring to God. Yes. And so that's the whole point of it. And that's why, yes, we're a Bible-based Ministry, but not for the sake of being Bible-based, but that we would honor God. And uh, you recognize the the Bible, as you just mentioned, the Word of God, exactly. which is uh, the God's authority. Exactly. Um, now, another question, if I may, is the Bible a book of rules that we should follow, or are some of its teachings no longer no longer relevant? Yeah, that's a good question. It goes to this whole matter about the value of Holy Scripture here in the third millennium. Uh, Well, it does have some rules in it, but it's primarily not a rule book. It's primarily a book about Jesus. Now, you recall that when he was walking along with the disciples on the way to Emmaus, he opened up the Scriptures to them and he pointed out where it referred to him. And it says there that he referred to the law, the prophets, and the writings. Those are the three categories Mm -hmm. of Old Testament Scripture. So even the Old Testament, which we're so keen, some of us as Christians, to set aside and who bothers to read the book of Leviticus or the book of Numbers, or there's some gems there when you look carefully. Now, it's true that not all of those ceremonial rules are applicable, but the principles are, and the principles are enduring and everlasting, and that's what we've got to look for. But above all, we've got to look for Christ. That's what Jesus did as he opened the Scriptures. He showed how they referenced him. So the Bible does have rules, of course, but it's not exhaustive. There there are no rules there about nuclear power or human cloning or space exploration or whatever. So we've got to look for the principles there, and the key principle is what is honoring to Christ, and that's why the key rule is the new commandment which he gave, which is to love one another as he has loved us. It's really love. It really all boils down to love, not rules, Mm -hmm. but love. If we could learn to love each other, in fact, we wouldn't really need any rules, um, but that's perhaps a bit idealistic. We're not quite there yet. So the, the key is the rule of love. Love God and love your neighbor. And to love your neighbor means doing unto others as you'd have them do unto you, and that's the golden rule. Yes, And so all of the laws hinge on this truth. It's quite incredible. So the Bible, it not only gives us excellent rules, but above all, it records the words and actions of Jesus by whom we are able to receive salvation. And then, of course, the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, prompting us to do the right thing, and and more than that, empowering us to do the right thing, to Mm. live rightly. Mm. And David, you, you're working with people from different backgrounds yes. and um, your ministry is also working, you know, 
with with politics you yeah. know with think yeah. try to keep accountable you know like yes. uh, the relationship if you yes. like in between christians and you know those people who may not call themselves yes. christians yeah. but interesting i would like to ask you this question is the bible relevant only for christians or is there something in the bible which even as a society we are uh, treasuring and even yes. even uh, taking some uh, um, wisdom from yes, there exactly uh, jesus spoke about the the unbelievers well he he used the term dogs which is a fairly powerful term although i'm told that in new zealand the whites are re- referred to as fleas so in new zealand the maori people referred to the white people as uh, pakia um, fleas and it's not really a derogatory term but jesus used the term dogs he said that the dogs gather the crumbs that fall from the table so christians are seated at the table and would to god that everyone would sit at the table and enjoy fellowship with God. But if people for some reason don't, they can still gather the crumbs that fall. And in fact, our entire society is wonderfully enriched by the way in which the Christian revelation has infused the whole culture, not just those who have a personal faith in Christ. But I do encourage all of our listeners to make that personal profession of faith in Christ because then everything just falls into place. Uh, Things just come right for us as we are right with him. So the Bible, of course, is the central text of Western civilization. It's Mm -hmm. very important. It's not just for the individual or just for the church, but it's also for the community. Now, um, the relevance of the Bible to the third millennium is partly because it's foundational as well as being prophetic and useful for us constantly. But even for those who, who don't accept it personally, they are enjoying the benefits of the foundation which is there, which is very strongly Christian. Uh, and that's very clear from our law. It's even clear from our architecture. Mm-hmm. Here in Adelaide, if you go to Grenfell Street, to the old East End Market, it's now turned into apartments, but they've kept the facade. And on the facade of the marketplace there, it says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It's from Psalm 24. In other words, the people who built that marketplace, they effectively said to each other, we're not going to trade, we're not going to buy and sell without giving God his place. Mm. So anyone coming in to buy or sell or trade every day would be reminded of that, of that truth that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And there are many other examples of scriptures in different places uh, in the Parliament of Victoria for those Victorian listeners to the show. Uh, the Parliament there has a wonderful quotation from Proverbs 11 on the floor of the vestibule, where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counsellors there is safety. And then in the Queensland Parliament we have uh, from from the Psalms, unless the Lord build the house, they labour in vain that build it. So we, we've built scriptural truth into the very architecture of our parliaments and other places in, in the culture because it is foundational whether people like it or not. And I, I I wish they could like it. Yes. It's so good. Yes. And, you know, uh, you mentioned like countries like uh, Australia or the United States uh, founded, you know, on um, those principles Absolutely. and Absolutely. still called. I, I wonder if we, I heard about all sorts of talks about that. Some people may think that Australia is not a, a you know, Christian mm-hmm. Protestant country anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when you said, um, you know, just quoting those uh, nice inscriptions, it's relevant to talk about the the Bible Correct. in the third millennium. Because all the things we enjoy today have an origin and a basis. Yeah. But 
they're not here by accident. Absolutely. Hey, David, just uh, very quickly, another one, if I could ask you. Uh, so if Christians have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, yes. and to understand the Bible, to, you know, to put in practice, what is the Bible for? Yeah, that's a good question. The Holy Spirit lives within our hearts. The law of God is written in our hearts, so we don't need to read it in the law code. But it helps if it's there because all of us are far from perfect and the the flesh is weak even though the spirit may be strong. And the Bible, as well as the law code of the land, the rules and regulations that bind society, they remind us of what is the right thing. Now, the Bible contains excellent instruction. Mm -hmm. The laws of man aren't always perfect, but we're working on it. So these two combining together remind us of what is good and right so that the indwelling Holy Spirit is given better freedom in our minds mm -hmm. as, we, as we get our heads around all this. Uh, and indeed, the scriptures say, uh, fan into flame the gift of God is, that is within you. Now, one of the gifts of God, of course, is the Holy Spirit. We can quench the Holy Spirit, Nick. We don't want to do that. We need no. to, to give full reign. So studying the scriptures help us to understand the Spirit's leading within. Beautiful. David, thank you so much for joining us today. And um, I wish uh, all the best for Family Voice Australia in the year um, 2021 uh, to really stand for um, God's truth and to, to invite people yeah. to follow the Bible and understand the Bible. Ah, what was that song called? It's easy to find out. Download the free Faith FM app for your smartphone or tablet to see our full daily schedule of programs and music. Welcome back to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. And if you miss um, uh, the title of the songs which you, we play at the beginning, I didn't even introduce to you. It was a beautiful, beautiful song, uh, Living Prayer by uh, Alison Krauss. And also later on was uh, uh, Daryl Sawyer with a beautiful song. But um, right now, I would like to introduce my co-host today. And that's um, Helen uh, Gray. Now, Helen is serving as a lay pastor in a beautiful area of Birdwood in the hills, Adelaide Hills. And Helen, how is life over there in the oh, hills? It's a beautiful place, absolutely beautiful. And I'm very privileged to be there and to serve the, the Lord and to serve the church. Now, Helen, I was going to ask you this uh, question if... Uh, uh, if you believe that the Bible is still relevant uh, in the early third millennium, but I know that you give Bible studies to people and you are treasuring this wonderful uh, book, uh, the Bible. Just before we are going into our uh, talk uh, today a little bit more, I would like to invite our listeners actually to message us, to send us a message on uh, um, 04 one and just tell us uh, where you are listening from and how relevant is the Bible for you today. Share uh, a favorite uh, uh, Bible uh, passage if you like. Again, the number where you could send us an SMS right now it's zero four eight 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 zero eight one one and uh, we'll we'll 
be very happy to hear from you. Just the other day, Helen, I know you were here um, with uh, Fabiano and uh, you had quite a few um, messages coming through from people from various uh, places. And um, we just want to, to thank, uh, thank them all for ringing. Thank, thank you, Chris, if you are listening today again. Uh, thank you for uh, calling us, I mean, sending us a message and uh, Catherine also, uh, Nada. Um, there are few, few people there who, who messaged uh, us uh, just the other day. Uh, Valentine. And uh, there are a few others which uh, the number doesn't show up, but we got your message. Uh, Margie, also, thank you for messaging us. And I'll encourage you to um, to get in touch with us and share with us. Now, uh, Helen, the question still stands for us. This was the uh, actually the topic for the whole week. Is the Bible still relevant today? Is the Bible still relevant in the early third millennium, uh, Helen? Well, one word, absolutely. <laughs> um, I must comment, though, on, on David's um, talk today. It was excellent, and I loved the different texts that he brought up. We spoke about uh, the disciples walking to Emmaus last night, but it was good to see another point of view as well. So thanks to David for that. I think um, just before we get into it, though, Nick, would you just have prayer with us before we open that beautiful word. Absolutely. Thank you. Our lovely Father in heaven, dear God, we are thank you for uh, this wonderful privilege to be able to talk about your love letter, to talk about that great news, the Bible. Many of us, Lord, we may, um, you know, uh, treat uh, lightly uh, this wonderful book, but I pray, Lord, that you'll open our hearts and mind to really grasp that beautiful love letter you send us all. Thank you for uh, being able today to talk a little bit more about the Bible. And I pray that you'll be with Helen as she's sharing with us a bit more and also with everyone who's listening. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Nick, for that. I'd like to share with you, if I may, an article or parts of an article from Jay Warner. And it's taken in 2017. He wrote a book called Cold Case Christianity. And he was a homicide detective and he investigated the claims of the author, but the, the claims of the Gospels. But just one part that he brought up I thought was relevant today too. It said, I have a drawer in my desk that's filled with manuals and instruction guides. Every time I purchase a new device, whether it's an electric garden tool or a smartphone, I store the original instruction manual in this drawer. I occasionally return to these guides when I have a problem or or need an answer. But once a year, I sift through those documents and throw many of them away. The discarded manuals are still true and skill-free written, but they're now irrelevant. I've mastered the devices they describe and I'm able to overcome any problem I may encounter on my own. But... While my collection of instruction manuals shrinks every year, my collection of Bibles and related study materials increases. Why? Because the Bible continues to answer life's most important questions. It solves the most pressing problem we face as humans, a problem we simply can't resolve on our own. The New Testament accurately describes the Saviour, and it accurately describes our need for a Saviour, our separation from a holy, perfect God. We can't solve this problem on our own. Jesus is still the only answer. He finishes off by saying the claims of the Bible are both true and necessary. 
It provides the only solution to the most important problem we will ever encounter. That's why the Bible is still relevant today. I echo his thoughts, Nick, that the Bible certainly is still relevant. Absolutely, today. absolutely, Helen. And it's wonderful to hear from from people, you know, um, even though some, and this is amazing, you know, some of the people, they are not necessarily cre- practicing uh, Christians, you know, yeah. but they still treasure absolutely. the wisdom, the value mm. of, of the Bible. Yes. And uh, we are going to talk a little bit more uh, about this uh, today. Okay. Now, uh, if I could ask you a question, Helen, yes. just to to keep going, yes. can you share some reasons the Bible is so relevant today? Well, I would like to. Um, let me start by saying no one in the universe is more relevant than God. Mm. And so it makes sense. The scripture, which is comprised of 66 books we learned this week, is the most relevant message ever presented. Without God, Nick, you and I would not even be here. Without the Bible, we wouldn't be able to discern which things in life are truly the most relevant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, um, now, people want to know um, how they got here in the first place. I mean, does the Bible explain how? Yeah, that's a question that I quite often get asked, interestingly enough, because just a short answer, we didn't accidentally arrive on the scene. Mm. We have a creator. He is the eternal God, and he created the first man and woman as Adam and Eve. And I'd like to share with you Genesis 1, 26. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And um, let me just have a look here. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. And if we took part of the next one, he said, so created God, created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Well, I think that's pretty Mm self-explanatory. You know, we have descended from Adam and Eve. And if we miss that huge fact Um, Nick, in the first book of the Bible, you might end up by missing much of what God wants to teach you in the other 65 books. In fact, there is a great text in Psalm 139.14. Do you have that there? Yes, well, um, that's a great uh, passage, actually, um, uh, Helen. And it was Psalm 139, verse 14. And it says this, um, in uh, from New King James, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. There is a song also uh, on this uh, passage of the Bible, and which I liked. It's it's yeah, it's a beautiful text, that isn't it? We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And do you mm. know what? If we were to actually to look into anatomy, study what, you know, even our eyes or our muscles, our bones, we are incredibly made when you stop to think about it. And really, when you do that, how can you say there isn't a God? Mm. Yeah, you, you're, so, you're so right, Helen. Yes. And, and look, men choose to sin and rebel against God, Helen. I mean, did God just turn his back on us? Uh, does the Bible have anything to say about this that is relevant for us today and to learn? Mm. 
Well, let me just bring in an analogy here. It's when parents have a child who is missing, they will go any lengths to find that missing son or daughter. I remember once my young son, oh, he just vanished in a shopping centre and he was only vanished for about five minutes. But, oh, my heart just skipped a beat and I was running all over the place trying to find him. You know, you and I were separated from God because of our sin and he could have allowed us to remain lost forever. But instead, he came after us, Nick, by sending his only son to rescue us. The death of Jesus on the cross paid our way back to the Father. In fact, there is a well-known text. I think nearly everybody would know it. But, Nick, perhaps you would like to share it with us. John three sixteen. Oh, well, um, you know, that's the golden uh, passage of the Bible. Um, and, you know, I will, I will read the, that uh, as it is in the Bible. I think each one of us, uh, we can uh, recite that uh, mm. from our memory. But in, uh, in John uh, 3.16, Uh, from my translation says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life that is just so beautiful you know when you stop and think about it God did not turn his back on us Nick he so loved us that he gave. He didn't lend. He didn't say, I'll just let you have mm. for a while. He didn't release him. But he said, I would give him. And he gave um, his beloved son. But I love the part that says that whosoever. Nick, you're a whosoever. Mm. And I'm a whosoever. And all our listeners, you are whosoever that believe in him. And it's a beautiful, beautiful promise. And, and Helen, again, as you just said, everyone who's listening today, it's a special person. And that That's passage right. is, is directed right to you. But if you have a passage, a special um, verse in the Bible which you like to share with us, please don't hesitate to send us an, um, an SMS on 04 and we'll, we'll be able to even share that um, passage with, uh, with our listeners. Um, don't be shy. Don't hesitate. Just send us a, a text uh, and tell us uh, where you are uh, listening from. And we'll be very happy to, um, to connect with you. Uh, Helen, I'm, I'm going to ask you another question here. Can we please God and fulfill his purpose for our life? Okay, that's another good question. It's another one that some people feel that how can we ever please God? You know, especially if they look in the Old Testament, they seem to think that that God is a bit of a tyrant. But when I started studying the Old Testament, I realized that God is very long-suffering. So really, I can rephrase that and say, how am I to conduct myself so that God will be happy with me? The answer to that question is presented through hundreds of true stories, Nick, and profound teachings in the Bible. God wants us to know his will for our lives, so he made sure to send a love letter, the Bible, to his children, to you and me. Mm, The mm. Bible presents God's message of grace and forgiveness for his people. It also reveals how God equips believers to serve others in practical ways. In fact, Micah um, chapter 6, verse 8 I think sums it up very well. I hope I've got the right one here. Yes, I believe I have. Have you got it, Nick? Or? M- yes. Micah, which, which chapter? Micah 6, verse 8. 6, verse 8. Mm-hmm. 6, verse 8 says this. He has shown you, O man, what is good 
And what does the Lord requires of you? But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I thought that text summed up. You know, really, if we if we follow that, it's just going to be amazing um, how God will bless us. Mm, that's beautiful. Uh, and this um, brings me to another question to ask mm-hmm. you, Helen. Uh, what about when we suffer disappointment or sorrow? Okay, um, that's a big one too. Um, Nick, I sadly um, got a message today that a, a very dear friend of you and, and myself, Nick, um, Pastor Grobler, his son died last night. And um, look, I'm, I'm sure there's so much sorrow there, even though lots of us were praying. And I know that Wayne is, is at rest now in the law. Well, he's at rest in the grave and he, he is not suffering anymore. But I do know that Will and Marjorie and Alethea are no doubt suffering mm, themselves. So mm. let me just say that everyone does experience. And, and Helen, just before you even go there, our full sympathy goes with uh, with Will and Marge and the rest of the family. Uh, may God really, you know, uh, richly, you know, bless you and put his comforting yes. arms, arms around you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that, Nick. Everyone it does experience a broken heart at one time or another, and only our Creator can put us back together. No amount of counseling can achieve the healing that God can work deep within us When your heart has been broken, there is nothing more relevant to you than getting it fixed. And God is a great fixer. In fact, we're not going to read it, but I would recommend that you read Psalm 23. It will certainly bring you a lot of comfort. Mm. Yes, uh, the beautiful uh, passage. And yes. be, uh, if we have a bit more time, probably we'll, uh, yes. we'll read that one. But we, but we encourage our listeners yes. to, um, to read that um, Beautiful chapter. Now, uh, Helen, does the Bible have anything to say about relationships? Well, this is an interesting one, too, because, you know, again, some people say, well, the Bible, you know, it doesn't really talk much today. It's not relevant to us today. It's all about the old people and what have you. But when we actually go and we study the Bible and we have a look at it, it's really interesting. One of the most challenging things in life is to maintain strong and healthy relationships. There are various factors, Nick, that which tend to work against that desired goal. And perhaps the biggest obstacle is our own selfishness, even though we don't want to admit that. It makes it tough at times for us to fully connect with other. But the Bible teaches God, its people, how to make those connections in a way that promotes peace, love and unity. In fact, I believe it is the best relationship manual ever, ever written. In fact, again, we haven't got the time, listeners, to go through this particular chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. It's known as the love chapter. Mm. And if you're struggling in a relationship or a marriage or whatever, please, um, my prescription is that you read that every day for 30 days. Read it with your partner, with your children, um, with your best friend. And you'll be amazed at what you get from that. The other thing is that I did notice that um, the Bible speaks about marriage. Eleven texts came to mind, and I, I'm, we're not going to go into all mm. that. But from Genesis to Hebrews, you know, God talks about marriage is God's idea. It's a commitment which is essential to a successful marriage. He talks about romance, and he says it's important. Marriage holds times of great joy, and marriage creates the best environment for raising children. 
Unfaithfulness breaks the bond of trust, the foundation of all relationships. He talks about that. He says marriage is permanent. And ideally, only death should dissolve that marriage. And marriage is based on the principles, practice of love, not on feelings. Mm. And just to finish off, marriage is a living symbol of Christ and the church, and marriage is good and honourable. So, yeah, that's terribly relevant for today, I believe. Uh, Helen, uh, w- when I'm feeling, uh, you know, a bit weak and, you know, not so well uh, from different reasons, um Can I go to the Bible and find help? Oh, Nick, yes. In fact, I'm going to instruct you. Please go and look at Isaiah 41.10 while I'm talking, if you don't mind. One might assume that a relationship with God will prevent hardship from touching your life. But as all of God's children eventually learn from first-hand experience, which simply isn't the way life works out, Mm. everyone goes through periods of discouragement, weakness, and weariness. That sounds like me. <laughs> mm, mm. The Bible illustrates how God's strength empowers us, especially when we feel it the weakest. And of all the surprises in the Bible, that is probably one of the biggest. Can you share with us Isaiah forty-one ten, please, Nick? I would love to. Uh, the book of Isaiah it's a it's a great book, um, Helen. And um, if you if you like to study actually the book of uh, Isaiah right now. Any church in uh, Australia, if you like to search for a Seventh-day Adventist church and you want to learn more from the book of Isaiah, every Saturday morning, the church, wherever you'll go, will study this book. And this is what I like about um, about the church, um, Helen, because worldwide, we're studying the same topic, the same book. And I learned so much uh, from the book of Isaiah as... Uh, as uh, as we go and different different things uh, i would like to share now from um, isaiah chapter 41 and verse uh, 10 uh, it says this uh, helen and i even highlighted this in my bible fear not for i am with you be not dismayed for i am your god i will strengthen you yes I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Helen, I need that promise. I need that passage more than any other times yeah. in these days. You know, we, we are facing difficulties, uh, challenging times we live on. Mm-hmm. And this passage in the Bible, you know, it's so important to contemplate, to think of and to take it heart because yes. that's a promise mm. that God will take care of everything what you're going through and as we're just thinking about this you know family very sad news you know to go through even though we understand and we know that this is you know uh, everyone will come to this <laughs> uh, in a way or the other but how more important is when you know what's coming after yes Yes. Won't it be just such a wonderful day if Marjorie and um, Will and Alethea, their hearts right with the Lord, and we don't know the final outcome, but I just, I just think what a wonderful time to, when the Lord calls, 
for him to come out of the grave. Wouldn't it just be so good if his heart was right with the Lord? Yes. And they met him in the air. Yes. That that I believe is every Christian parent's Absolutely. desire. But I want to. I just want to say something, Nick. Just before we go to the next one, or if you've got any more questions, is Isaiah forty one ten was my second mum's favourite text, mm. and even at the age of ninety nine. She was only four months off a hundred when she died. Wow. She still could repeat that and the um, Shepherd Psalm and Psalm 23 from memory. Psalm 4110 was such a, a, a comfort to her right throughout her life. And I would strongly advise people to, to take that to heart. Mm. And I have to say, Nick, that as you read that, I nearly had tears mm. because of the emotion that you put into it. It, it was just... Such a beautiful text. Thank you for sharing that. Mm. I, I really appreciate that. Yes, and, and uh, Helen, uh, we, we are talking about today, particularly, um, you know, receiving this sad news, you know. Mm. Um, you know, people are rejoicing when somebody um, is born, you know, yes. and that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And you live a life longer, shorter, you know, God knows how. But is that all? Is that all just to be born and then to die or is something else? It's interesting you should ask that question because I remember hearing how someone said to a friend, um, what are you going to do with your life? Oh, well, I'm going to go to college. And he said, and what then? He said, oh, I'll, um, I'll get a good job. And he said, what then? He said, oh, I'll get married and have children. And he said, What's the, what then? And he said, oh, I'll probably work until I can retire. And he said, what then? And he said, well, I guess then I die. And the friend said, and what then? Mm, and mm. I think that's an important one. In fact, the Bible um, does tell us about death, but it also, um, most people actually, Nick, they really want to live forever, but in a happy place. I mean, this this world, old world is sad. And, uh, you know, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to heaven. Even those who say they don't believe in heaven still want to live forever in a happy place. You know, you and I, Nick, were never created to die. It wasn't God's design. No. We were created to live forever. And through faith in Jesus, a person receives the free gift of eternal life. And the Bible clearly spells out the path to heaven, to paradise. And um, I'd like to share with you John 14, 1-3 from the New Living Translation, if I may. Sure. And it says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. And that was Jesus talking. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me where I am. And that's just, that's such a promise. Such a promise. And he's saying, don't, don't be troubled. Mm. Trust in God. So no, death isn't the end. Death isn't the end. I yes, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I'm going to take uh, just a message from uh, our listeners um, uh, right now. And uh, Mick is um, it's just messaging us uh, in regard to um, to some concerns about uh, the 12 tribes. And the message goes like this. Why does James tell the 12 tribes to stand firm? For the Lord's coming is near. The judge is standing at the door. Why say it's near, if not near, but 2,000 plus 
years, you know, since then. You know, um, Mick, thank you so much for um, uh, sharing with us that. And that's why we are uh, intentionally studying the Bible, having some... Um, seminars uh, all around Australia. If you if you want to learn more uh, about the Bible, you can contact us and contact Faith FM. Go on our website, uh, faithfm.com.au and request some Bible studies because we are dealing with those things too. Um, even our question, we are still asking today, is the Bible still relevant today? I mean, why? Why 2,000 years? Mm-hmm. Uh, the disciples... They were waiting for Jesus to come right in their time. Yes, they were ready. They were prepared. Mm. I will take that um, uh, to heart, Mick, and uh, we may have some further um, chats. Thank you for uh, messaging us. We'll, ge- we'll get back to you. Helen, anything that you would like to say uh, to, I, I to Mick? Would, I would, Mick. Mick, hang in there. God's timing isn't like our timing. You know, he doesn't want anyone to perish. Mm-hmm. And even though from our point of view, it, it seems to be taking an awful long time. In fact, there is a text in scripture that says there will be people at the end that will scoff and say, where is he? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's actually coming true now, um, Mick. I've had people say that to me and I say, you're actually fulfilling prophecy because the Bible said that will happen. You need to hang in there. You know, he is coming. He is at the door. I believe for us now, we're that much closer to his coming. Yes. And Helen, uh, time is going very fast. Uh, when I look at the clock, now we, we need to come um, to, a, to a bit of a conclusion today. But just let me ask you another question, uh, uh, Helen. Does the Bible have the power to change lives? Oh, Absolutely. A resounding yes on that one, Nick. I know my life has changed in the most amazing way, and I'm sure sure that yours has too, Nick. I mean, when I look back on my life to where I was to where I am now, um, I'm just stunned. Mm, I'm stunned. Mm. Now for me, I live life more abundantly. I, I love the Bible. I love God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. I invite in my heart every day. And although it's not a bed of roses... Boy, I tell you what, I would rather be with Christ every moment of the day than live without him. You know, the word in the Bible, they're powerful enough to change lives. And I'm thinking today, you know, the Apostle Paul, look how dramatic his life changed. And sometimes it's not dramatic in your life, but, you know, you think of C.S. Lewis. And that was just amazing. Martin Luther. You know, and how lives would change. And some of the passages that have turned lives around over the ages, they include the Psalms of David. You know, how his life was changed as well. And he wrote Psalm 23. You know, lives can be changed through the Ten Commandments, the Beatitudes, 1 Corinthians 13, as I admonished before, Paul teaching on love. And uh, there's another chapter I really would commend to you is Isaiah 53. And that's about Jesus. And put your own name in that text, and mm. it will change you. Yeah. Would you like to to read some of um, Isaiah fifty three? Because we have a bit of time, we I think we can um, share with uh, with our listeners. Uh, while I'm still uh, inviting you to send us a message on zero four triple eight. 808-11. Also, share with us uh, some of your uh, favorite. Um, Passages in in the Bible and uh, tell us uh, where are where are you listening from? We'd like to hear from you. Again, the number is zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. 
Isaiah 53. Now, I've got the New Living Translation, but I have to be honest, I love it in the King James or mm-hmm. the New King James. Have you got that one? I've got New all? King James. Okay, would you share that one with Okay, us, New please? King James. Yeah. And uh, I, I read from um, uh, Isaiah. Uh, let me just get back if this will uh, allow me in time. To go back to Isaiah, Actually, I could I could read it in this one. Mm. Yep, yeah, you just go for a few verses, and I'll I'll pick up a bit okay. later. Okay, um, it starts. I'm going from verse two. It says, "My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, mm. a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief." We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Mm. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. Mm. But... Yeah, in verse 5, yeah, you, it starts, it says, in verse 5 it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised. For our iniquities. Just before you go any further, listener, I want you to put your name in there. When Nick says his name, put your name in. You know, but he was pierced for Nick's rebellion. Yes. Can you do that yes. for me, please? Yeah, but he was wounded for Nick's transgressions. Yes. He was bruised for Nick's iniquities. Oh, I love this so much. The... Um, further on, if you like to go the next um, line, Helen, mm. what says in yours? Um, it have you? Uh, this was the one he was beaten. Yes. Um, so Helen could be whole. He was whipped, so Helen could be healed. Yes. Yes. Do you want it, the next it, yeah, one? Yes, please. All of us, Nick, Helen, and all the listeners, like sheep, have strayed away, and we have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid. On him, the sins of us all. And we can keep going on that, but I guess we need to watch our time. You know, I love it where he says he was oppressed or treated harshly, yet he never said a word. And I remembered hearing a song years ago. It was called He Never Said a Mumbling Word. Mm -hmm. And even in front of Pilate, it testifies in the New Testament that he never said a word. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Helen, um, just before we'll uh, conclude with the prayer, uh, how would you like to bring it together a bit? A, a, a bit of a conclusion. We are um, talking, uh, we were talking all this week about the relevance of the Bible. Is the Bible uh, relevant uh, in the early third millennium? And we dealt with some of the questions, Helen, during the week. Uh, uh, does the Bible matter? Um, how did we get the Bible, you know, and uh, can the Bible be trusted looking from an archaeological point of view or most of all uh, what Jesus said about the Bible? How would you bring it together about the relevance of the Bible for today? Okay. I have a short list um, of how the Bible can help in each situation that we find ourselves, um, Nick. And particularly from Psalms, I get a lot of help from Psalms. And I'd just like to list a few in in Psalms. You know, when you feel afraid, there are certain ones in Psalms we can look at. Alone, burned out, cheated, confused, depressed, distressed, elated, guilty, hateful, impatient. These are things relevant today. When you feel insecure or insulted, jealous, feel like quitting or lost or overwhelmed, when you're sorry or proud or purposeless, Sad or self-confident, tense or thankful, threatened, 
tired, weep or trapped, unimportant, feeling that way, and vengeful or worried and worshipful. There is a lot of text in Psalms, but not only what you feel, but when you're facing things like criticism and danger and death, decisions, discrimination and doubts and evil people, enemies, hypocrisy, illness, lies, or even old age, and there are more. But when you also want acceptance or answers, confidence or courage, fellowship with God and forgiveness, Friendship, godliness, guidance, healing and hope. And again, I have many more here too. But all of those are relevant today, Nick. I hope that our listeners are beginning to see why no one is more relevant than God, why no book is more relevant than the Bible. I'd ask that each one of us dive into God's Word, soak in it every day. Millions of books have been written, but only the Bible provides the ultimate explanation for life on earth as well as life beyond the grave. Not only is scripture number one in terms of relevance, but there is not even a close second. Mm. And I wonder if you can quickly look up Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Let's leave our listener with a beautiful text. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Jeremiah twenty nine verse eleven. It says this: For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Beautiful, beautiful passage again. Isn't that wonderful one to finish on? And it's not uh, uh, accidentally, I believe, that I choose a wonderful song to finish off with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll play that song just after the prayer. But uh, that song is Cast Your Cares. Ah, oh, it's a beautiful yes. song. Yes. Helen. How would you like to pray? I'd love to. Thank you, Nick. Dear loving Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for this time that we've had. We know, Lord, time goes fast in our world, but Lord, we are just so grateful that you have given us time to discuss this most important topic. The Bible is relevant, Lord, and you are relevant in all our lives. I pray that those that are listening today, their hearts will be touched, Lord, that they will look to the Bible and look to you as the answers to life's problem. The Bible is relevant today, Father, and help people to realize that it's all about Jesus from cover to cover, and we need him in our lives to walk humbly with him. May this happen, I pray in the loving name of Jesus. Amen. 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 It looks like uh, the time it's it's gone for uh, today. Thank you for listening to uh, Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and Helen Gray. I'll invite you to join us again as we are going to look into another uh, beautiful uh, topic, a loving God and the problem of pain. I think that's uh, something interesting to, to, to consider. Because and very relevant. Very relevant for, mm. for everyone today, not yes. just for those people who may have lost some mm. loved ones, but we are going through difficult times, Helen. Yes. If you like to contact us, don't hesitate. Please uh, contact uh, FaithFM on, uh, uh, if you like to write an email to info at faithfm.com.au. Visit our website, uh, um, faithfm.com.au. And also consider this. Take this number down and you can send us a, a message uh, live as we are talking uh, during during our programs. On drive time, the number is 048 one one. I would like to leave you with a, a passage uh, from the Bible, uh, and you know, in uh, John fourteen, uh, 
27, it, say, it says this, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May God richly bless you. And I'll leave you with Daryl Sawyer and the song Cast Your Cares. When I'm feeling troubled And peace seems far away I turn my eyes toward heaven And this is what you say Cast your cares upon me For I care for you If I know every sparrow How much more will I know you Oh, 